This is the craziest thing to me when people are like, I'm going to go do something on my own. This is the dumbest approach to anything. Whether you want to get in shape, whether you want to grow a business, whatever it is, if you say, I'm going to go do this on my own, I'm just going to watch a bunch of YouTube videos and I'm going to be intrinsically motivated, do this myself and figure it out, but you're going to be a part of 95 plus percent of people that don't achieve the things they set out to achieve and continue to get the results that you're getting. It's insanity. I'm Michael Mogul, founder and CEO of Crisp, the nation's number one law firm growth company. I've built my business through practice, not theory. Crisp started with just $500 to my name and has grown to over eight figures in revenue over the last few years, earning a spot on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing private companies in America. Our approach has been to take everything we've learned about generating massive growth within our own organization and help the country's most ambitious and committed law firm owners do the same for theirs. In each episode of this podcast, I sit down with innovative market leaders from the legal industry and beyond to learn from those who thrive in the face of adversity, challenge the status quo, and define what it means to be a true game changer. This is Jessica, head of coaching strategy at Chris, and today we're flipping the script for another special edition episode to get Michael's take on identifying and cultivating productive habits, why pain is inevitable but suffering is optional, and why there are no shortcuts to achieving true success. You don't adjust the goals, you just adjust the action steps. And if you're truly committed to what you want to do, you find a way to make it happen. So don't rob yourself of those learning lessons and those growth lessons. Look, you'd be surprised at the things you can achieve, you have to achieve them. That's coming up on the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. Here we are, first AMMA of 2024. New year, new you. That's it. Let's do it. Funny you say that. That's kind of the theme. I think a lot of people have this new year, new you in mind. So that will be the theme of this podcast today. Everybody's different this year, right? Once once the clock struck 12, that's it. Old you gone, new you is here. So isn't it amazing when we have like these arbitrary dates? Like if we didn't have calendars and we didn't have watches, you wouldn't even know what day it was, what month it was, what year it was. But the fact that one year ends and a new year begins, that is the start of new habits. So anyway, this will be interesting to talk about. Um, for those of you that join this podcast and have not listened to an episode before, we do three types of episodes on this podcast. So we've got our standard interview podcast where we bring in a expert from the legal industry and beyond. We ask them all sorts of questions. We dissect all of their insights and share them with you. And then we also have our Encore Editions, which are some of our most popular episodes that we bring back onto the podcast. And then finally, these AMMAs ask, I guess, ask me, Michael Mogul, anything. You guys submit the questions, 404-531-7691. You can send us a text and we may answer it on this podcast. Also, before we begin, very important to share, because I actually had somebody mention this to me in person at a workshop that they've been listening to the podcast for three years and they asked me like, are you going to run ads on the podcast? We could run ads on the podcast. We recently had a greens powder reach out to us and offer to sponsor the podcast. And we have all sorts of organizations offered to sponsor this podcast because as more and more of you listen to the podcast, this is a great platform for advertisers and sponsors. However, if we allow them into this ecosystem, then maybe we and some of our guests couldn't say whatever they wanted to because maybe we'd be beholden to certain sponsors. So no, we do not run ads on this podcast. It could probably be a seven-figure business in and of itself, but you know, this is our philanthropic endeavor of the Game Changing Attorney podcast and to be able to do these types of episodes. And so long as you all enjoy them and share the podcast, there is a fee. 
If you enjoy any episode of the podcast, that you share the podcast and that you leave a review, a five-star review preferably, either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, really anywhere we listen to podcasts, that is all we ask. This helps us reach more people. It helps us get great guests onto the podcast and most importantly, helps us keep the podcast free and ad-free so we don't sell out like a bunch of sellouts. Okay, so with that, Jessica, let's do it. I'm ready for the questions. All right, let's do it. So first one. I often struggle to follow through on my New Year's resolutions. What advice can you offer to help me stay committed and actually achieve my goals? Oh, man. Okay. Well, at least this person's honest because you are not alone. In fact, you are a part of the majority. I think it would be the opposite if you said, I am continuously committed and I achieve every single New Year's resolution that I set out to achieve, then you would be among the rare few because the majority of human beings, I think over 95%, they come in into a new year with ambition. It's going to be a new year. I'm going to be better. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to make a ton of money. I'm going to have these amazing relationships. And then they get their gym membership. The gym is packed in January, by the way. And then by the time it gets to February, March, and so on, that ambition has now subsided. And they say, well, there's always next year. So that goes for the majority of human beings. So how do you break that cycle? And look, if there was an easy way to do this, because there's industries that have been built on this, on the fact that you are not going to stay committed to your goals. In fact, this is how gyms operate. In fact, if every single person who bought a gym membership went to the gym, the gym would be packed and they don't have the physical space to accommodate 100% of the members attending all the time. In fact, a gym typically can only accommodate around, I think, 20 or 30% of its membership attending the gym and 70%, they just need those people to keep paying and not even go. That's how their model works. And in fact, if you were committed and if everyone was committed, the gym model, brick and mortar infrastructure, just it wouldn't work. They need a much, much larger facility, but they can predictably count on the fact that the majority of people that buy gym memberships will feel better making that monthly payment without actually going. So how do you break this cycle? Like I said, there's no simple solution to this. What I can say is that it really just comes down to are the resolutions that you set or the goals that you set going into a new year, are these things you believe you should do or things you must do. And there's a big difference between the two. And it comes down to the why and the impact of achieving it. Because oftentimes the idea of achieving something sounds great, but you still got your Netflix, you still got college football, and you know, you've got whatever you're watching on streaming and you got DoorDash and Uber Eats and you know, you can be satiated. So the point is is that things aren't bad enough to abandon the current to, you know, to pursue the future. And the future is unknown. So it has to get to a point where there has to be a very strong reason. You have to have a strong reason. It's not just for you, right? Let's say you want to get in shape. Maybe, you know, one reason could be you want to look good. You know, you want to look good with your shirt off, with your pants off or whatever. You want to go on the beach. You know, you're shaking your head. You're like, don't go there. But maybe that's one reason. That's probably not enough. So that's a pretty selfish reason. But maybe you getting in shape and you getting healthy benefits other people too. Maybe it benefits your children and you, you can not only set a good example for them, but you can be in their lives and be active with them. And it allows you to do certain things that you previously weren't able to do if you were out of shape, for example. Maybe this allows you to live longer. You can be in your child's wedding. And if you fail to do those things, maybe your lifespan becomes much shorter. Okay, now we're talking. Maybe it's not just about you and your children and your family. Now it's about your community and about your team etc. So the larger the impact and the greater the impact that you're able to make, the more committed you will be to it, especially if it's not just about you and if you have a good enough reason for doing it. But even with that, if you ever try to change anyone, you know that the odds of doing so, you know, the success probability of trying to change anyone is about 0%. And the reason for that is the fact that people do not change. Rather, you can't change people. People can change, but typically it involves some sort of either rock bottom moment or some sort of 
experience or transformation when they say, I have to stop doing this and start doing something else. I have to replace a bad habit with a good habit. And it has to be a good enough reason for them to do so. Then along with that, because habits are hard and you can read James Clear's Atomic Habits for the breakdown of how to build habits and how to maintain habits, which is more than we would discuss on this podcast. But it really comes down to, okay, how do you architect the environment to support that and make it conducive to achieving those goals? I mean, when I set out to achieve some sort of goal, let's say it's a personal goal. Last year was really much about health and longevity. This was something that was really important to me. Got all sorts of criticism on the podcast. People talking about, well, my God, now you're focusing all on this self-care. It must be nice. It is nice. Last year, one of the things that I learned was the importance of environment. So let's say you, know, you want to get healthy. 90% of that's going to be diet. And it's going to be the foods that are around you. And if you got junk food in the house, you're going to be more likely to eat junk food. And if you don't have a bunch of trash in the house, you're not going to eat junk food. I mean, I'll tell you, a couple weekends ago, I was pretty hungry. Saturday night, I'm thinking, hmm, what do we got? And I'm looking in the fridge, nothing, nothing appetizing. I mean, we got like some tomatoes and cucumbers or whatever, right? Then I'm looking in the freezer. I'm like, ooh, maybe we got something good in here. We got a few of those Yasso bars, those little yogurt bars, but nothing that would do a whole lot of damage, right? And then eventually you look in the pantry and you're like, ah, what do we got in here? Nothing, peanut butter maybe? Okay, fine. And then you're like, all right, fine, I'm good. The craving subsides. But alternatively, let's say you open up that refrigerator and you got a chocolate cake. And then you go into the pantry and you got a bunch of cookies. And then you go into the freezer and you got this amazing, I don't know, chocolate eclair. Okay. I don't know what it is, but you're going to do some damage. Again, willpower doesn't work. So if you find yourself in that environment, it's going to be much more difficult to stick to your habits if you don't control for that environment. Then it also comes down to accountability of having somebody that you're accountable to, whether you're working with a trainer, working with a coach. And this, again, could be personal goals, business goals, somebody that you are accountable to. Okay. So you're not trying to do all this on your own. This is the craziest thing to me when people are like, I'm going to go do something on my own. This is the dumbest approach to anything. Whether you want to get in shape, whether you want to grow a business, whether you, whatever it is, if you say, I'm going to go do this on my own, I'm just going to watch a bunch of YouTube videos and I'm going to be intrinsically motivated, do this myself and figure it out, but you're going to be a part of the 95 plus percent of people that don't achieve the things they set out to achieve because the model of actually achieving and sticking to things involves several components. You got to have a strong why and a purpose. We discussed that. Then you've got to have the rhythms and the milestones and the habits that you can stick to. Then you have to control for your environment. And then you also need that accountability piece. And if you want to read a whole book on this topic outside of James Clear's Atomic Habits, you can read Alan Deutschman's Change or Die, which talks about people had to get healthy, had to. Okay. They still didn't. They were facing heart disease. And if they didn't lose you know, X amount of pounds, they would die and they would not be there for their kids and grandkids. And the majority of them still did not change. Same thing with prison inmates. They would get out of prison and then the majority of them would get right back in. And they said, well, why is that? Right. Even when faced with a strong enough why, why is it not enough? And they found that certain organizations like Alcoholics Anonymous have a great stick to itness because they've got accountability partners, because they've got meeting rhythms and they create the right environment and community that's conducive to achieving those goals. Okay. Wow. Obviously, there's a lot to it, but if you find yourself not achieving the things you're setting out to achieve every year, every new year, okay, you can start anytime. You can start right now. You probably already messed up, to be honest. Like, we're already a few weeks in, so, you know, maybe you already messed it up. No big deal. Just start again tomorrow. But what are the pitfalls? What are the areas where you usually fail or you're weak or the reason why the goals, you know, typically don't get achieved is because the environment isn't right. It's because you don't have the accountability piece. Do you not have a strong enough why or purpose associated with what you want to do? Because you need to have all the different pieces. And it also helps that you invest some money, okay, in whatever it is you're deciding to do. Now, I'll give you a perfect example. I work with a trainer, like an exercise trainer. Now, last year we did almost 300 workouts. I know how to do the workouts and I know what to do in the gym. So why would I continue to pay this person to send me workouts every single week? Because it comes with accountability. Because 
course I know how to lift the damn barbell and I know how to lift the dumbbells, right? It's not about that. It's not about them just telling you what to do. It's about being accountable to another person so that you are consistent. And again, typically, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. And you have to have some sort of investment of time and money to actually be truly committed to something. And you're like, well, I could just do it on my own. I'm going to try it on my own. Go try it on your own. Go try it on your own. Go try it for free. Go watch the YouTube video. Go try to do what you're doing. And continue to get the results that you're getting. It's insanity. Yep. Definition of doing the same thing over and We're over again. We're off to a great start. And expecting a different result. There we go. All right. Next one is what strategies have you found to be most effective in overcoming procrastination and maintaining momentum when working towards your goals? So when it comes to procrastination, it's really important to dissect what this is because a lot of times people have a negative association towards procrastination where they think I should be doing something and I'm putting something off and it's important to realize, okay, well, why, why am I procrastinating? Maybe you don't really care about what it is that you're doing, okay? Maybe it's you think you should be doing it, but it doesn't align with your values, it doesn't align with your purpose. And again, there's things in life that just need doing. It doesn't matter if you like them or if you don't like them, right? What's the saying of the professional? A professional can do the thing they hate to do, but they do it like they love it, right? That is a professional. But when you find yourself in a procrastination mode of like, hmm, I'll do it later. In my experience, you got to rewire those neural pathways. If it's something you got to do like, okay, well, I find myself having this experience of something, you know, something around the house, or I know I need to send an email. It's usually like a two minute task or a five minute task or something. Just do it right away. And in fact, you can actually condition yourself because this is like a muscle, right? You can, you can start developing these types of behaviors and habits to when you find yourself feel that initial pang of like, mm, I don't want to do it. You just go and do it right away. And if you overcome that bitch voice in your head of telling you the things that, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't, oh, maybe it's going to be too hard or maybe I, you know, I'll do it later. Or I'll do it, you know, tomorrow or I'll do it next week. Well, then you're just going to, you're going to feel horrible. First of all, you know, that whole day, you're going to feel absolutely worthless again, I know we, we talk about like exercising and working out. It's just when you associate with New Year's resolutions, it's the easiest analogy. This applies to business as well. But you know that if you're supposed to get a workout in that day and you don't feel like doing it and then you don't do it and you skip it because you're saying, oh, I'm tired, but I'll get one in later. And then, you know, later becomes not today, becomes tomorrow. That whole day, you feel like a worthless piece of shit. 100% guaranteed. Okay. Alternatively, if you condition yourself, I'm tired. Now I'm going to work out because I'm tired. I'm going to do something because I don't want to do it. You do that enough times, you're going to feel so proud of yourself and you're going to feel great. I've never seen anybody ever regret a workout and I've never seen anybody regret doing the thing that they know that you're supposed to do and then do it. And then they're like, great, I've overcome something difficult. And if you do that enough times, you start to develop this strength and this behavior where now you're, you know, you're seen as a disciplined person, even though really it has nothing to do with discipline. It just, it's just developing the type of habit where you don't push off things, right? You just, you just do them and you execute on them. But, you know, a lot of times if it's, if we're talking about something in the business and you're like, well, we should really get around to putting some standard operating procedures into the business and like just being put some processes in place. And I know we should really, really do it. If you're procrastinating on that and months go by and years go by, maybe you're not the person who should ever do that period. It just needs getting done. And if you're talking about in the business, maybe there's somebody else who gets energy from doing that, that would love to do it. Maybe you got a great operations person, a practice manager, or maybe somebody in your firm, someone you need to hire in order to, to do it and make it happen. So sometimes procrastination is a sign that maybe that's not your strength or what gives you energy. And again, I say this with the asterisk of some things just need doing. So I don't need someone to you know, listen to the podcast and say, well, Michael said that if I'm feeling like procrastinating, maybe it's not the thing I should be doing. It's not an excuse, right? If you run your law firm and you run your business, it's like things still got to get done. It's a privilege if you're able to hire the people or if you have people in your business that can, can, you know, can delegate to. 
But if you don't yet, well, you either need to find and hire them. If you can't afford to hire them, you just need to figure it out and do it until you can. So a lot of times it's what gives you energy or what drains you of energy. There's things you don't procrastinate towards, right? Like if I tell you, hey, you know, I got a million dollars and in a treasure chest that's a mile away and you're like, man, but I don't like running. But yeah, you got to run to get there. You're not going to procrastinate on that. That if I tell you, hey, we need to write processes out for every aspect of the law firm, and then we got to develop detailed career paths and long-term career paths. You're like, ah, shit, maybe I don't want to do that. But there's somebody else who loves doing that. And then you may have other strengths that you know, bring you energy. Just find a way to get it done. And sometimes the difficult way is you don't want to do it, but you have to do it. And guess what? Building a business isn't easy. That's what hard feels like. And hard is necessary. There's no way around that. There's no shortcut. There's no way of saying, well, hey, I'm not going to struggle my way through this, right? The suffering is optional, but the struggle is, you know, is a necessary part of it. Some things just need doing. Sometimes you got to sit alone with yourself and your thoughts, two o'clock in the morning, executing on something while everyone's out, you know, partying at the nightclub or asleep in their beds and relaxing and chilling. And that's what it takes. And you do that for years. Yep. It's the harsh truth. Number three. So, Goal achievement often involves overcoming obstacles and setbacks. Can you share a personal or professional experience where you set out to achieve something at the start of the year, but unforeseeable events made it harder or impossible to get done? Did your priorities change or did you stick with it? Yeah, this is the story of my life. So it's always harder than it seems. No matter what goal we've ever set, no matter what we've ever aspired to, it has always been a more difficult path and a difficult road. It's been like the dirt road. It's never been like a well-paved road where like everything went our way. It's like no obstacle, 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 problem, 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 problem. I know most people, when they think about this, they'll think 2020 COVID. You know, I'm not going to do that. Enough COVID. All right. So let's go, let's look at 2022. We had this idea and we said, well, you know, we've been hosting the, the Game Changer Summit, our law firm growth conference many years. We said, let's go bigger. Let's go bigger than we've ever had before. We'd had 2,000 people attend um, the one in the prior year in, in 2021. We said, let's host a legal conference in a Super Bowl stadium at Mercedes-Benz Stadium where <laughs> the Falcons play, but, you know, also like the Rolling Stones perform. Maybe that's, that's a better way to say yeah, it. Yeah, let's not know, talk about the Falcons. Let's not talk about the Falcons. And we said, all right, let's, let's target 5,000 lawyers. No one has ever done this before. And we said, well, we did 2,000. Let's, you know, what's 5,000? Little did I know, this would be one of the most difficult things we ever did in the history of the company. Okay, so getting 5,000 lawyers across America and really globally into one place, I realized why no one had ever done that before. There have been some organizations that have done conferences, 1,000 people or 1,500 people, and we got to that number pretty quickly because we had done it before. We had, you know, we learned some strategies over the past several years of like how to get, you know, 1,000 people and even 2,000 people in a room. And these are your typical conference goers. But the majority of lawyers and law firm owners in America do not attend legal conferences. They've never been to a legal conference. They're not entrepreneurial in nature. They don't think about marketing. They don't think about the business side of the practice. They just don't think about this stuff. So how do you reach them? Many of them aren't even on social media. Like they're not reading the same, you know, the same publications, the same newsletters. They're not subscribing to these emails. They're not listening to podcasts. How do you reach these human beings? Well, we had to figure it out. And that journey took us the entire year to do it. So we got from the zero to 2,000 pretty quick, but the 2,000 to 5,000 was 10 times the amount of work to be able to do it. I mean, look, we did everything short of standing outside of courthouses across America and grabbing lawyers and saying, hey, you should go to this law firm growth conference. And they say, why, who, never heard of it, never heard of you. I don't want to go. Is it in Atlanta? I don't want to travel, et cetera. Every reason. Okay, so you had to overcome every single barrier and obstacle, right? I'm making a huge pitch for why people should host their own events. And you couple that with the fact of like, okay, the business side was challenging enough and the marketing side was challenging enough. Well, then you add in the fact that this was probably one of the most challenging years for us personally as well. Okay. Our kids got sick, like real sick in the hospital. You broke your kneecap 
Okay. And then I had to get surgery done as well. All in the, in the 90 days leading up to the, to this event. And it was like problem, 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 problem. You know, the business stuff is relatively, I mean, in comparison, easy to overcome compared to like personal challenges. So you're fighting, you know, battles on both sides. And question was, well, what was, did you adjust the goals? Absolutely not. You never adjust the goals. You just adjust the action steps. Okay. Because if you become one of these people that starts making compromises of saying, well, maybe we're not, first of all, we already paid Mercedes-Benz Stadium a million dollars to rent that venue. And that was just to have access to the place for two days. That that did not include any food and beverage, no speakers, no AV, no chairs or tables or anything. Didn't include anything. Okay. And the event itself ended up costing a little over $8 million. So we were in, committed. And that money, they like to get paid up front. They're not like, hey, man, pay me, you know, on that 90. Pay me a little bit later after the event. Nope. Everyone likes to get paid up front. So coming into that event, you know, we were just borderline, like, just maxed out. Teams maxed out. We're all doing things we've never done before. We had to pull the entire organization to figure out we're now in the ticket selling business. Okay. So we had to figure that out. And then between our trips to the hospital and the surgeries and everything like that, we stroll into this event already $8 million deep. And we hope that people will show up, right? We, had, we filled up three hotels, fortunately. It was also challenging because you had to shuttle people from every single hotel. And then we said, okay, on top of that, let's do a little after party at Crisp HQ. And they're like, well, how are we going to do that? Because we don't want a liability. So we don't want people driving on their own. You don't want people to drive drunk, right? And how are you going to get them there? Well, we needed to get like 30 or 40 of these giant shuttle buses and shuttle every single person from Mercedes-Benz Stadium to our headquarters and then bring them back to their hotels. And they stayed at one of three hotels. Okay. You know what it's like to line up 30 to 40 shuttle buses on the street? Okay. And then you couple that with our neighborhood association and they're like, what's going on, right? Like the one night ever that we have ever had a little party over here. And I'm like, guys, relax. It's a bunch of lawyers. Okay. Then we couldn't fit everybody in the, in the headquarters, even though we got 50,000 square feet of space. We're talking 5,000 people. So we also had to create these tents outside as well. But you want to have a nice experience. So you got to figure out how you're going to make the tents nice and heat them and have food and like, you know, just all sorts of catering. It was a wild time. And yet we pulled it off. That experience in and of itself, someone asked me, would you ever do it again? Probably not. It's kind of like a moon landing. It's like you do it once and we did it. Great. Move it on. But I can say that that had a tremendous impact on the business, on the brand, a very positive impact, right? And I'm glad we did it. So I guess it just comes down to, it's like, once you set the target, you got to be fully committed. You got to be fully in committed because you're going to get hit with obstacles that give you all sorts of reasons to just say, hey, maybe next year, maybe we make it a little bit, you know, make our ambitions a little smaller. Maybe we cut back here. Maybe we cut back there. Maybe it's not meant to be. You know, you get a sign, one sign, warning sign, second warning sign, third warning sign. I mean, look, I could very well have accepted the fact that maybe it is not meant to be given the things that were taking place that year. You know, I had all sorts of people tell me it's not going to happen. We'd sold out, I think, four events prior to that. But I had people, again, in my ear saying, hey, I think this is a little, I think you've overreached. I don't think you're going to pull it off. Then Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they invite us out there to, you know, do some filming. I'm walking around. I'm like, there's a lot of seats in here. This is a pretty big venue. How are we going to do it? Are we going to pull it off? Sleepless nights, you added that back in, you know, and yet we pulled it off. So, you know, then we got our next summit coming up later this year in November. More info on the on that crisp summit coming up, but I digress. The point is, is that you don't adjust the goals, you just adjust the action steps. And if you're truly committed to what you want to do, you find a way to make it happen. And imagine if we just gave up. Imagine we said, hey, we postponed it, like rain check, or hey guys, we, we sent an email to everybody that's saying, you know what, this year's conference is canceled or postponed because we were little chickens, right? Nope. You got to go all in and pull it off. And the confidence that you gain as a result of that, and also the things that we learned as an organization has helped us so much going forward. 
So don't rob yourself of those learning lessons and those growth lessons. Look, you'd be surprised at the things you can achieve. You have to achieve them. Yep. So that's what I will leave you with. You got to set that target. It should make you uncomfortable. Make it public. Lock it in. Send the check in and get to work. All right. And with that, we'll wrap this one up. That'll do. You've been listening to the Game Changing Attorney podcast with Michael Mogul. If you found this episode valuable, here are three free ways that we can help you grow your law firm. Number one, download the first chapter of Michael's book absolutely free at GameChangingAttorney.com. Number two, you can shoot Michael a text at 404-531-7691 and ask him any question you'd like. You might just hear the answer on the next episode. And finally, number three, if you can leave this podcast a five-star review, it will help us gain access to more influential thought leaders and bring their lessons learned here to you. For more information on this episode, see the show notes in your podcast app or visit LegalPodcast.com.